All right, we ready? Yep. Let's rock and roll. Here we go. Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. Matthew, Saturday fucking ruled. I'm here from Studio Breezy. This is Breezy. I'm here with Matthew. Mix, Toby's here somewhere. There's no Ella here to uh, keep the dogs at bay, so we may have some moments. Um, but we're here with Pablo Juan as well. And we're here to talk about Saturday's doubleheader with a combined score of 8-0. to zero. But we're talking about the first game first. and that I'm sorry, the second game first. The men's game that ended one nothing. All good vibes around. Beating the second uh, team in the table, Maryland. Matthew, how are you feeling about uh, our one nil win versus Maryland? Uh, I, I think if you if you've seen if you've seen CFC play, um, all right, there you go. It's a kombucha. Uh, if you've seen CFC, I drank too much this weekend. Did not drink a kombucha. Didn't drink anything but a kombucha. If Keep going. If you've seen CFC play the last the last few matches, one of which we actually didn't see them play at all. Uh, fuck you Rochester you'll you'll notice that you you know you kind of you've seen one game you've kind of seen all of them what do you recently. mean by that uh they've all they've all fallen kind of similarly uh whoever the opponent is doesn't create a whole lot usually sits back um you know tries to get some numbers forward occasionally but like you know struggles to keep possession for long periods of time uh has a couple shots, but nothing's like ever, ever super dangerous, super, super worrying. Uh, and, uh, and, and then on the, on the flip side, CFC, you know, has a ton of, a ton of possession is looking to probe is looking to play between lines and gaps. Sometimes does it well, sometimes doesn't do it so well, uh, is trying to invite teams to pressure the center backs to, to kind of create more space. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then you get kind of a, a little moment of magic. Um, Speaking of moments of magic. Be it, you know, in, in this specific case, uh, a Marcus Nagelstead free kick or a, 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 apparently a Marcus Nagelstead rocket from from the, the, the Rochester game last weekend. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's, you know, a, ni- a nice header or like, you know, finally some good combination play. We're able to we're able to break out a little bit. And the Albion game is a little bit different uh, just because they 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 cannot like physically do anything else other than like try to play. And it just opens things up a little bit. Um, but like, it, it's just, it, 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 these games of, of kind of, you know, exactly what's going to happen. It, it, I guess is my point. And, and like you also, you also, you know, if you're you know, as a CFC fan, I look at the game and I'm like, Oh, I wish we created a little bit more, but like defensively we're great. How many games in a row have I said that for? A lot. You know, like no Luis Garcia Sosa. Uh, no Taylor Gray. On the weekend, no Taylor Gray. Uh, you know, Damian didn't play uh, either for the, like the third consecutive game. Like, we kind of know what we are right now uh, with who we're missing, to be clear. And it's just a team that grinds games out. Interesting. And uh, we grinded out games, you know, last week and the week before, and that's just where we are. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I think I agree with most of that. I will also I would also like to pivot before we go to the lineups and we'll do our, our normal kind of order here. But before we get the lineups, I want to talk about the concussion substitute. Because I think a lot of people, myself included, were like, the fuck is going on? Tell us about it, Matthew. Uh yeah, so actually here's the interesting part. Like 
I, concussion substitutes were a thing in in 2021. I think Nisa, along with the rest of U.S. soccer, was trialing them. Uh, Correctly, by the way. For, One of the few things that I think you and I would give credit yeah. to U.S. soccer and Nisa for, I mean, I've for, talked a lot of shit about both of them, but concussion substitutes are good. They should exist. They should be a thing. And and I'm very, very happy to see one, and I will I will say nothing else negative about them in this circumstance. So the, I guess where the weird thing here is, like, uh, a U.S. soccer had the professional leagues trialing concussion subs for, like, IFAB and, and, and FIFA. Mm-hmm. But like MLS is not using concussion substitutes this year. Like IFAB was like, okay, thanks for your help, but like actually don't ever use them again. Like we're not we're not implementing these into the laws of the game. Like don't use them. And Nice is just like, eh, whatever, it's fine. So I'm gonna give Nisa a little credit here, assuming that's the case, which I didn't actually know. So my of that. my guess is it's not like Nisa just being like. You know, fuck IFAB, we're doing this for the good of the players and whatever. I'm pretty sure Nisa just didn't bother to like look up the policy email that came through and it's just like on just on their way doing it. Just like, you know, they didn't change a policy or something. I'm going to do a first for this podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't care why, they, why they're doing them as long as they're doing them. It's good. Like, because, it, it should be done. Like, and so if it's, it, inco- if it it's was, incompetence, the outcome is correct and, and okay, I'm cool with it in one this one case and if it's if it is a principled stand which i think they would tell you it's a principled stand <laughs> even if it's probably not i'm also okay with it because look the thing that happened in the world cup final a few years ago with christoph kramer getting absolutely bludgeoned in the head coming out for you know 30 seconds or a minute or whatever them doing a concussion protocol him saying i'm fine i'm fine and them sending him back in and then him not remembering playing in that game is unacceptable yeah and the problem with head injuries for anyone who doesn't know they go off and they do a concussion protocol well a concussion protocol could take a few minutes to really get a good and you you if the player and the team are now playing a man down or a player down, it is a problem because that player is going to want to get back into the game. They're always going to want to get back into the game, but especially yeah. not leaving their team a man down. So you're not going. You're, there's going to be a risk that you do a a not good screen that the doctor is pressured, whatever else, to not get a good accurate reading of if somebody has a head injury. So taking that extra time for head injuries, which are much more dangerous than most other injuries for longevity of life, and doing the proper screening there, it's good. So what happened is Betso came out after being down for a while holding his head and he was out for I didn't actually count but probably three minutes give or take he was only out actually for for maybe a minute and 15 20 seconds total and, and Sebastian Capuzucci went in for him they did a full concussion protocol on him and made sure they felt like he did not have a real concussion and that was their belief and they had him on the side of the field with I don't know what the actual time limits are if it's five minutes ten minutes whatever the time I think there is a, a time that it runs out in yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if we we actually where the substitution becomes permanent. I mean. With the with the I don't, I don't know that answer. I don't know either. that answer either. Like I, I, they obviously did not run a, a full scale test because apparently I guess he passed enough of the, the things he, they didn't need to because a full test can run ten sure, minutes or so. But what I'm saying is they had the time to run whatever test they needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Sebastian was able to go in, start playing. We were not down a man, and then once they once they they found out like okay he's okay. He does not just walking this off like he he's okay. They sent him back in the game, and, and Sebastian Capazucci came out, and then like five or seven minutes or ten minutes later, whatever it was, Sebastian actually s- just subbed in for Beto. Yeah. But that is how uh, concussion subs should work. They should have the ability to have whatever time the doctor deems necessary to look at the player, to deem if they have a head injury or not, and to deem if they can are fit to play or not. That's good. It is one moment of many terrible moments that Nisa has had, and it's one good moment out of all those terrible moments, and I will give them credit, whether it's on purpose or not. 
I, I love it. I'm happy for it. It's the first time I've ever seen it during a game I was watching that I can remember, and it's yeah. for sure the first time I've seen it for CFC. So I love it. I was happy with it. And so now, if you didn't know why there was an in-and-out substitute, and by the way, Gabe had no idea on the broadcast why it was coming in and coming out, and Zeka was very confused as well. And they got it right eventually while talking through it. But yeah. um, you could just tell it was like nobody knew what was going on because it wasn't being communicated. And I love it. If anybody's listening that didn't see it and didn't know why, now you do. And I would like to go straight into the lineups, Matthew. Are you ready? Yeah, so uh, it's, I mean, honestly, it's the same as a, a Wednesday's game against Albion. Jean Antoine and goal, Stripling, Prepolitsa, Bowers, Perez across the back line. Dixon, Alvarenga, and McGrath in midfield. Mwape, Louis, and Nagelstad um, as your as your uh, your forward line. You know how you know I did the original um, writing it's got, of this? It's got the little weird doohickeys on it. Because it has the proper accents on Prepolitsa's name. <laughs> Keep going. Not that I would be able to you know translate that at, or, or at all. No, I just have remaining as a keyboard on my phone so I can autocorrect to make sure I spell it correctly and then it adds the accents. That's funny. That is my that is my hack. Uh, yeah, so I've got I've got uh, Kapazuchi listed for for about a minute of play time uh, during the concussion sub, uh, and and then he gets subbed back in in the night in already into stoppage time. Um, That's midfielder Capuzucci to you, Sebastian Capuzucci holding midfielder. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then Lenny Lopez uh, spelled Marcus uh, with about a minute, maybe two minutes left in uh, in stoppage time. The guy with the, maybe the best song uh, currently on the roster. Lenny, Lenny. Yeah, it's good. Lopez, won't you score a goal? It's it's excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good that uh, a certain uh, segment of people burst into it every time they see him on the uh, at the bar, and he's. <laughs> I feel like he's got to be like, guys, this is weird. <laughs> but it's just so good. It's so good. And it's not. By the way, it's not me. I will join in. I'm not the one who starts it. But I'm every time it starts, I do join in because it's so good. Marcus scores in the 62nd minute. So we had two substitutes in this game. Uh, one substitute twice for a concussion, and then one substitute in the 90th minute. Matthew, how do you feel about that substitution pattern? I mean, like, so look at the look at the the listed substitutes on the bench. Who was available? You've got uh, you've got Jonathan Burke, and I'm scrolling to get there right now. But you've you've got Jonathan Burke, the keeper. You've got Jung Wusso, uh, who's kind of a utility defender, midfielder type player at this point in time. Like, strictly Colin Stripling's back up. So, while you're looking at that, I disagree a little bit. I think he is only currently a right back, um, even though right back plays midfield as well, because we have not seen him play any other position. I, I agree that potentially, based on his college play and whatever else, he could and should be able to play other positions. But right now, we have only I, I ever seen him yeah. at one position, so he's the backup right back. So, I, I just don't think, think he will. You've got Capazucci, uh, Garcia Sosa was back on the bench, which is nice to see. Uh, obviously, Lenny. You know, Hugo Martinez... Uh, Fabian Rodriguez, who have been on the bench most pretty much all every home it's game. Academy, this it's academy player, Fabian Rodriguez. Uh, and and then you've got uh, Damian Rodriguez was back listed in the uh, in the substitutes uh, after being after missing a couple games. So you know you've got, but like think about you know two players that have started some games for us this year uh, in in terms of Damian Rodriguez and Luis Garcia Sosa. And I realize that Jung Luso has as well, but like let me focus on on. Rodriguez and, and Garcia Sosa. Think about the type of players they are. They're they're both a little bit like diminutive, uh, creative players. Uh, you know, you want them you want them to help like unlock teams, like break things down. Uh, and they're both also coming off of injury. Uh, maybe it's precaution, maybe it's whatever, but like they're both you know coming off of of, of some sort of injury and they're not starting. Is it likely you're going to see either one of those guys put into a game which is fairly physical? Uh, I mean, Alvarenga's head injury or whatever 
you know, is a second yellow card to, to Manny Gonzalez of, of Maryland Bobcats. Well-deserved. Should have had a second yellow before that, to be clear. Uh, so it, it's a super physical game. You're already up a goal. You're, you're trying to shut things down. There's a reason why you sub on Lenny and Capazucci and, and you leave out. Yes. Garcia Sosa and... Uh, because you don't want to risk more injuries because right yeah. now we are banged up. And, and you're probably not unless, like, things get get desperate no offense like you're not going to bring on hugo martinez or fabian rodriguez because you're um, not chasing a goal you're not chasing a goal um, you want lenny to go do lenny shit which want, is to be you, big and strong and, yeah. and run after the ball and provide fresh legs which he did by the way bringing him into the wall for marcus by the way first of all can we talk about <laughs> marcus i love you so much he pretends he can't hear him for the whole like first part of the sub so they're wasting all this time and i don't care what marcus says there's no way he didn't hear him <clears throat> sorry guys my voice is destroyed from saturday and so he's, he's just standing there, and he look. He is the full, not the fulcrum. He is the edge of that wall. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, he's the edge of that wall. So obviously he cannot leave and and, and risk a free take being kick being taken. But and th- so he pretends he can't hear him. And eventually, when the referee figures out who he's supposed to be coming out for, then Marcus is like, "Can I go? Wait, are you gonna wait? Can I go? Are you gonna wait? No, are we gonna wait or not? Are, are I mean, like it was the most beautiful waste of twenty five seconds. It was spectacular gamesmanship, and then you put in an even taller player onto the edge of that wall, which made me very happy how that worked out. Yeah. Also, that was a nine yard wall. I actually went back and counted. It was a nine yard wall. Also, Darwin Espinal is very sneaky. That he moved makes- that ball about four yards from where the foul, or from where the referee originally put down the ball. That motherfucker. Also, on the free kick that Marcus had on the edge, which oh, I'll get back to that in a second. Keep going. Uh, I, Lenny comes in and does and does exactly what you wanted to do. Provide right, yeah, provide so, physical and, presence and and guess what? You're not gonna you're not gonna win a physical battle with fresh legged Lenny on the field. And same with Capazucci. It's the perfect substitutes for that. Yeah, and and like Jung Wusu is not gonna sub in because uh, the only place he's played is right back. And you're not gonna bring him in for and Colin, who's already the because, physical because guy you're, because you're not you're not moving around. You're you're back four. No, and Colin, yeah, you're just you're you're bringing in guys that are filling in. And actually, you're playing two center backs, basic or three center backs, almost side by side in uh, in that de- in the front of that in front of that defense. With so like Colin. Um, Capazucci and Richard Dixon. Yeah, so like you're out, you know, you're out. Juan Louis would be would be an excellent substitute if he wasn't already starting. Like you know, yes. a change of pace winger type player and someone who's while he's not huge is not going to get pushed around. No offense, like a guy who's smaller stature wise, he's just a bigger yeah. guy than than Damian is. So as it, an example, it's just a product of like we're we're a we're a fairly deep team before you get all the injuries and we are into all of the injuries. And like, this is just kind of what we have right now. And it's what the game state needed at the time. One quick question. How do you feel that it was only two? Surprised it was two, frankly. Okay. This (laughs) felt like last year where you have, you only have a certain number of guys who are playing at a level that Rod wants to play. I mean, like Damien's been playing a lot this year. Luis Garcia Sosa has been basically a starter all season. Like those guys are at the level. The game just didn't need a, the game just didn't need them. And and if they're coming off of injury... It's not worth risking them. It's not worth risking them in a game where, like... I mean, like, frankly, the Bobcats have been this way forever. And, like... They're very physical. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're a physical team. They, they go hard in challenges. They play very direct. They have one extremely good player in Darwin Espinal who does all the technical work and everybody else is mostly just, like, physical or a lot of running. I actually think Bobcats are a little different this year Uh like I would, I would have agreed with that for last year and then the year before, but Bobcats, re- they, they really didn't play direct. They did not go in the air a well, lot. They were playing Darwin Espinal as a center forward for the first half, and I think a lot of the reason behind that was to have their best player in the center of the field when they got on the break. Uh, they were able to like have somebody shake loose and, and go like you put your best player in the center of the field, kind of like Marcus Nagelstad is in the center field for us. Like we want him around the goal when mm-hmm. the chances come. 
Now, lucky for us, I thought we did a great job of handling the Bobcats as, as they break fo- broke forward or when they were able to, to advance the ball up the field. Um, and it wasn't until it wasn't until later in the game when uh, they made it. They made a substitution to put a, a little bit more of a athletic kind of target forward. Their number ten up yeah. there. Uh, that Espinal went out to the uh, went out to the left wing, and he was able to find more of the game there. But also, he was able to find more defenders. Uh, if that meant we, we we had we had bodies on him, but he he several times in, in my rewatch today, several times he was able to beat his man, uh, like one v one, and create a little space. And there was always something else waiting for him. Rarely did it ever become dangerous uh, when he was on when he was coming from the left wing, and that's a testament to how uh, how aware CFC was of Espinal. And like how and just, how, res- how responsible we were, and how responsible, yeah, exactly. And that's that's been that way all season. We've been correct. We, we talked about this it. is this is literally no change. You've watched this game before. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. Except Darwin Espinal might be the best player we've played so far this year. Um, he, I don't think he was that sharp in the league. In the league, yeah, yeah, clear, clearly in Nisa, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the goal, Matthew. Um, so first of all, this is where what I started the same minute ago. I rewatched the goal and I rewatched the lead up to the goal. So first of all, that wall starts out at you know 10 yards or whatever the referee marched out. They move like a yard and a half or two yards forward, making it much more difficult to get up and down. Um, and then Marcus, the ball for Marcus is not even a yard out. It's so close to the line. Yeah. And, if, and he didn't go beside the wall. He went up and over the wall. That is such a good free kick. That is un- basically unsavable unless you're just standing there already. But you may not see it in enough time anyway because it's so close. I was so shocked he was able to get it up and down. And that is one of those... I don't think it ever actually came down. If you look at it, like, he puts it up. It's inches above the head of and, the... And it just, like, kind of plateaus and like just kind of keeps rising up and up. Like, that thing never comes down. Yeah, but it's never that high. No, what I'm saying is this is a freaking incredible free yeah. kick. Like, that thing does not come... Like, he decided because there was just so little space to work with that he was going to hit it, like, grazing someone's hair. And they did. And just keep on going towards the roof. And it did look like he took it a little bit quickly on the countdown or whatever else so that they didn't jump. I don't know if that was truly what he was trying to do or just what happened, but they don't jump. I missed it one of the first times uh, because, like, you know, because there was our our little argy-bargy, like, little conversation. Maryland players were surrounding the referee. Like, it takes a while for the free kick to actually start. And then, like... Once everyone settles down and gets into positions, he takes it really quick. You're right about that. And I just, they surrounded the referee like a bunch of freaking complainers. It was annoying. Um, okay, so Marcus, unbelievable free kick. Uh, On a foul he earned, by the way. Yep, it was fantastic. I just couldn't believe he got it up and down. I told him as much after the game when I saw him at the bar. Um, just unbelievable. And it's one of those, and it'll, it'll come to my one of my three key, ta- key takeaways, which I guess I'll go ahead and do right now. Um, look, defensively the players are making plays and not allowing big chances overall. You've already said that. And like, that's just been the case all all year offensively. Sometimes you just need to have the best player in the field. Marcus versus flower city away. Marcus here at home, Taylor against flower city, uh, in, at home or maybe that was away. Yeah. Flower city at home. Sorry. And then totally against Savannah. Sometimes what I am by that, I mean, sometimes great, like really good players just make really good plays. Yeah. And that has not been the story of our season. I would say, because I think we've been, it, that's a little bit too over, oversimplified, but offensively so far, that has been the biggest continuing narrative is that in each game, a player has been just good enough to make an individual play. Um, and it's nice to have that. 
Yeah. It's just really, really nice to have. So that's one of my key takeaways. I mean, that's borderline my my second point here. And like, I'll go ahead and say it. Like, you don't have to play perfect matches. You just need quality when it matters, mm. both in the defensive third and the final third. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's you know, a, a great free kick or like an unbelievable header uh, or, or, you know, player like... Or Aiden Bowers off the line. Or Aiden Bowers off the line. Or like juking a guy three times... Um, like Taylor Gray has done on numerous occasions to, to, to earn penalties. Like you just need players to make plays. Mm. And I thought, I thought our let's like, you know, if you look back to last year, I thought like a lot of our play was, was very, very team oriented. And I think that's, that, that's good. And, and that's a, that's something that I'm waiting for this year. Offensively, to, you mean offensively to develop or defensive has, has been very team oriented this year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I think we have been, but there wasn't a ton of like just individual. I'm better than you. I'm taking this moment. I'm I'm, I'm doing things. Offensively, we were better than the sum of our parts because of the system last year. And and this year, I think, I think it's obvious that we have not hit the the heights that we're that we're looking for and that we're hoping for a third of the way through the season. But in but those players, moments, you need the players but, to just make but, the plays. But players are just making plays. Yeah, and 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 not like a ton, but like I do quality, quality shows up. And, and and the difference between CFC and the rest of the league right now, especially in the league table, is like there's just a little bit of higher end quality that's making plays, and that's really the difference in a lot of these games, and it's why we're sitting on 20 points after eight games. So let's just go straight to key three our three key, key takeaways. Um, I'll go to my first one, and I I have a version of what you've already said. We are grinding out games offensively, not necessarily defensively. Yeah. Um, so as teams get tired of pressing us and running in the midfield and this is happening around the 60th minute in a lot of games, we are finally starting to get numbers forward, and then we become dangerous. So something I've complained about on this podcast or, or pointed out is that sometimes we are just one winger against two defenders. And too often in the first half of most of these games, it is one winger against two defenders. And outside of Taylor doing magic, um, this season, we have not... That is not... And that, by the way, that's just a bad idea as far as, like, if your offense is going to be one guy beats three guys, like, that's not a good... That's not a good plan. And I'm not saying that is our plan. I'm saying that's been the outcomes thus far. Um, and then towards the 60th minute, sometimes the 70th minute, we are starting to get uh, our guys up the field in numbers, just like we were last year with triangles and two two on two or threes on twos. And then we start getting some waves of pressure and some some uh, of us running downhill. And then we get multiple chances. In the 60s... Uh, I don't... Usually in the 60th minute, including this game, we start getting multiple chances or multiple half chances or multiple, oh, that ball was just a little bit better chances that we don't get in the first half. So I, I think we're really grinding down games offensively because we're waiting for that. I don't think I agree with grinding down teams defensively because we're just really good defensively. But we're not allowing any goals. And then as the offense gets a little bit of space as the as teams can't press us anymore or as they can't overrun us or whatever else as time goes on then we we get through the the grinding part of the game offensively where we're just you know trying to get forward and then we get our waves and we start playing with some of our principles and the good part i think that we're starting to see is that at work each game we are getting incrementally more dangerous on those it's not it's not perfectly linear but we are getting dangerous moments we are getting the three on twos we are getting the four on twos we are getting the i mean we had several plays where it was bing 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 down the line cut back that just missed somebody's head or whatever else like we had some plays that were getting more and more dangerous there is some like there's progress there, and I, I am feeling better than I was maybe three or four games ago, which we said it's not a good idea to take stock three games in, but yeah. I'm feeling better about the kind of um, grinding out is starting to become less grindy, I think, 
Um, and a little bit more like once the game starts opening up, we're starting to be dangerous uh, in a systematic way. We're not there yet, to be clear. But I think there's still a little bit of progress on that front. I think what you're seeing uh, is it, a lot of times is teams are just getting tired. I Because I, I don't think they're coming out and trying to press and like running around and then getting tired legs. I think... No, they. I, I think what we're doing because most teams are are sitting in a mid block trying to like compress all the lines together, force us to play through or over the top and like, or or whatever. And I think a lot of it, what it is, is we're just holding on to the ball, uh, for such large periods of the game, and and for like you know large portions of the game itself, that they're getting mentally tired of having to be conscious of where every single person is, where they're moving, where the interchanges are happening. And I think that's opening up pockets of space in the middle that's allowing us to then play the ball through lines and gaps and then start getting movement going in the right direction. And I, I think it's more more of a mental thing than, than it is like a, a, a physical thing. So yeah, so I want to be clear. Uh, and like, and like it, it's harder, it is harder defensively uh, in terms of like the physicality. It is harder to play defense than offense. Uh, you have to be in unbelievable shape to play ninety minutes of just defense, even if you're if even if you're not pressing, you're setting up in a mid block, and you're just trying to like cut cut out passing lanes, which is a lot of teams are doing with us right now. And uh, so, I, number one, I think we're getting better at like the flow of the game, uh, and you got to remember like there are a lot of new players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and while that that's been really nice in terms of like the upgrade in terms of defensive quality it does take time for those same players to truly feel comfortable with the offense. Oh, you've seen it. Oh, and, and, and those and those defensive players are the ones that are engineering all of this offense from the start. So I'll, I'll change what I said, or I'll, I'll amend what I said. Teams are not pressing us in a necessarily a high press, but almost everybody is pressing that first pass. The thing that, the, that Flower City did that first game, everybody is trying to recreate that. Everybody is say is letting some version of the center backs have to beat us. Yeah, and they are they are pressing that first pass. I mean, it is a mid block, but they are pushing hard on those first. And so in the midfield, it the game is physical and fast and even sloppy at times because like it's so much running from those and, and, and call it mental fatigue, call it physical fatigue. I'm cool with either one. Regardless, teams are not able to keep that up. Into or they have not been able to keep that up into the second half. Yeah, they're able to keep it up until the 50th, 60th, 70th minute, whatever it is. But at some point, they're starting to crack. And when they start to crack, we're getting the numbers forward. We're seeing the things that we saw last year. And do I want us to be able to do it earlier on in the game? Of course I do. But I do think we're seeing little bits of whatever, and we're seeing our defenders not go long, our midfielders not go long as quickly. I can I, I mentioned I thought we were dumping it too too often a few games ago. I think you saw a much better balance of patience. And then once we got that goal. They were fucked because we were, and this, we did the same thing in the Albion game as well. We were then so patient that, and that we made them come out and we made yeah. them chase. And that makes us more dangerous. And it makes us so much because we can go back between, I mean, look, Tolly and Bowers are two new center backs of this system. They are starting to get that bounce the ball back and forth, in and out, around, bounce it to Jean. So, like this, that circular thing where you're chasing, chasing, here's chasing, chasing, and opens up, we're getting a, that. Here's an interesting thing with Bobcats, though. We had that goal. And then we would have the ball, and they like they really wouldn't push that hard, like trying to pass and like have us move the ball, try to like you know turn us over, whatever. Like like teams would do when you're down a goal, they weren't really trying hard to do that. And I and I wonder like 
were they trying to almost just keep the same game plan and just hope that we coughed it up off of one of those passes? Maybe, but because they were not like they Bobcats when they had possession, like they're not bad. They've got some decent players. They're able to play a little bit and they were able to advance the ball forward. Was it ever dangerous? No, it wasn't truly. Um, but it, it was almost like I, I kept I kept on my rewatch. I kept looking at the second half and and I kind of remembered this in live time at the end of a long day. You know they they never they never number one never seemed like scoring and they looked like they looked themselves like they knew they were never scoring and it was almost like well if we keep this to a one goal game like you know that's not that's good job you know like. One nil at Chattanooga is not not terrible. Two nil at Chattanooga, we don't really want that. Like they were playing the goal difference game already. It was interesting. So I I, I don't fully agree, but I do think some of the rod said that you never give them hope. I think that was part of it. Uh, but and you tell them a little bit broken. But look, they brought number ten in, and he immediately actually pressed the center backs, and then they got they did get bypassed, and we did get into space some. And yeah, we I, I just think that it still opened up some, whether it was because they were defeated or because we had. Um, because we just, we still after the 60th minute after we scored started getting space and yeah. started getting numbers Absolutely. and it's not just space it's numbers because sometimes you have space but you don't have the numbers there and we had the numbers so we have about seven minutes left six minutes left excuse me before you have to take a work call <laughs> so let's um, let me finish my last point and I'll give you your three points and we'll we'll get done with this because uh, yeah yeah we, it's a good win and I don't think we have to belabor too many points um, sloppy nervy moments happen this is my third point. Jean versus Albion, where he almost coughs it up in the box. Um, Prepolitsa versus Maryland, where he also almost coughs it up in the box and had to slide. We got to clean that up. Um, this is it. Look, is we play with the ball so much that it is inevitable that it's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen some. We just can't let it happen quite that close to go. And look, both times the player bailed themselves out. So like, I'm not upset. I'm not like, oh my god, what we're good. We're so lucky. We weren't lucky. It's good players making good plays and like getting still getting rid of that ball in the end. But we do when we play Michigan Stars, as an example, and we do when we play these better teams, even though Maryland's theoretically one of the best teams, got to clean it up a little bit. And I think we're going to have mistakes, but we just got to make sure in those high leverage situations, we don't have the mistake in the high leverage situation. We have the mistake a few yards up the field so that turnover doesn't result in a one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And neither one did, to be clear, but both of those moments were just slight lapses of attention. And as the season goes forward, as we get better and better, at holding the ball, I do think we will get better and better at staying focused longer and in not having that moment um, in those sloppy and nervy moments. And I'm glad that neither one of those resulted in a goal, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good stuff there. All right, Matthew. Finish your three up and then let's uh let's Well, get so I, I mentioned you don't have to play perfect matches, but you just need quality where it matters. And and, and I think that's that's absolutely true for, for this game. Uh, I also mentioned before, if you've seen one match in the league this year for CFC, you've kind of seen them all. Um, a lot of these, I mean, they fall into the... Albion and Gold Star, or the um, Savannah Flower City, Maryland, Michigan. You either try to you either try to play with us. You play you play with us and you die, or you don't play with us and you lose one or two nothing. You're still going to give up something. Probably you're going to generate if you don't try. If you try to play with us, you might generate something. You probably won't generate any huge chances, but you might generate something. If you try, if you just try to stay back and hope to catch us on the break, you're not going to generate a single chance. Yeah, and and that's going to be the only to see. team that can do that is the Michigan Stars right now, whose defense seems to be good enough to make it tough for us. And and honestly, like they didn't scare us at all, and we were coming off like like literal dead bodies, 120 minutes. Like, no, we just didn't get a goal in that game. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. So like, you know, I, and we'll see how this uh, changes. Like we're eight matches in into 24. Like we're a third of the way through the regular season. 
you know, there's, there's, we have not played, you know, we haven't played LA Force yet. We haven't played um, Club de Leon yet. Like, we'll, we'll see how, the, how this changes over time. Uh, but my, my third key point, and I think this is important because we talked about substitutions a little bit. We talked about them uh, in the last podcast. We did the review of Albion. We talked about it a little bit at the, at the top here. That was three matches in eight days. Uh, it's maybe the thinnest with, we've been all season. With, with like, we, we are thin. Like, we are, we are thinnest of the thin, thin right Which now. Which is why I asked you so many questions about the substitutes earlier. And and, and we did not. I mean, I, I could go back through and look at the, at the I'm not going to the minutes right now, but like, not a lot of minutes off the bench uh, in, in any of those three games total. And the hardest, ga- the, the number two in the table came at the end of the three days. Yeah. Three games, excuse me. And, and you've got four goals scored, no goals conceded, uh, three wins, nine points. How many goals have we conceded uh, from the run of play this year it's, in NASA games, Matthew? From the run of play, we've given up nothing. One PK, dubious at best. Yeah. And it, it, we'll go back further. Like, you've got one goal given up, in, and you've got two additional goals total given up in, in, in during the season. You've got, you know, the one against uh, Des Moines, which is, you know, just a, a very, very stupid giveaway. Uh, and that's just players that were still learning the system. Giving giving away something incredibly dumb, um, and and allowing an odd man rush um, in in the second half of the Des Moines game, and you've got an absolute worldy shots shot cross, unreal unreal ball that Prosper Chasm hit uh, for Birmingham, and that's it, that's it, that's it. Now have we given up a couple of big, bigger chances? Yeah, we have, uh, but that's what goalkeeping is for, and that's what you know good defenders are for, and. The teams work together really, really well. Like this is incredibly good defending, uh, and and hopefully we get some players back. You know, Damian, Louise. Hopefully they're they're ready to go uh, by next weekend with the return match against Maryland Bobcats. It's never good to play a team twi- two games in a row, but that's just the way that's the way the calendar falls. You know, hopefully we get Taylor back at some point. Can like hopefully we get Ethan Corin back at some point soon. Yeah, Ali, Ali Hymas as well. Ali Hymas, like, yes. Jonathan Partita is out for the whole season, unfortunately. Yeah. But. So, like, hopefully, you get a couple of these extra players back, and you can start to really, um, you gin up the offense and like get some like free flowing, attacking, exciting football again, uh, which I've, we've come to kind of expect and hope from from Rod Underwood coach teams. But for now, let's just keep grinding out games and winning, baby. For now, what we got is a Rod Underwood constructed defensive juggernaut. <laughs> Matthew, thank you for joining me here today. We will be back here shortly with a women's review of the 7 nothing win. Good vibes all around. Listeners, thank you for listening.